And uh, he comes out and gives me a bottle of Crystal Geyser. I crack it open today, take a swig, and it's like some type of flavored Propel water or some shit inside oh, it wasn't of it. even normal water? No, it wasn't normal water, but it's in a normal fucking Crystal Geyser bottle. <laughs> exactly. <Very suspicious. laughs> so uh, I, I took some, I took a swig and I was like, okay, this might be uh, laced with... Sleepy? I mean, I just did it, so we, I might be tripping right. out in the middle of this episode. You fall asleep or <laughs> got, like, raging hard on or something. <laughs> right? Something in that water. Hi, mystery. Bigfoot's hiding in the forest, and uh, Nessie is, uh, you know, in Loch Ness. <laughs> We're in uh, my bedroom in North Hollywood doing a podcast. Uh, this is High Mystery, <laughs> podcast where we smoke weed and we talk about mysteries. I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. And today is no different. We are still in coronavirus time, so we will be smoking our own personals. We I do. really miss sharing with you guys. Yeah. I do too. I, I prefer sharing uh, yeah. to smoking the lone blunt all by yourself. But, you know, it is what we got to do. And you know, it's such like a communal act. Like, I can't help but, like, I have the muscle memory of just trying to pass to someone at all times. Oh, yeah, definitely. There are always mm-hmm. those times where, like, you're with somebody who's not smoking or doesn't smoke. And you're like, oh, you, you don't want this. That's right. <laughs> Back to me. <laughs> Uh, today I have got some weed from my subscription box, Nug Club. We are we are all fans of Nug Club now. We can Um, thank my friend Bruno who turned me on to it, and then I passed the good word along. I will say that it's only in uh, Orange County in Los Angeles that they deliver. So, you know, if you're here. (laughs) That's a great thing. Yeah, then you know, congratulations for being part of the lucky few. You win. Um, today I will be smoking one of my five pre-rolls that came in my Nug Club box. It is, it has one gram in each of these things and it is with rice paper wrap. That's cool. And, uh, they have 16.36% THC in them. Mm. So I plan on getting very high with that. It is a hybrid. Can, hybrid. Canafornia. Canafornia is the yeah, brand. Is the brand. I guess we should also say we've got a little audience with us in the studio today. A social like, distancing audience. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Hello they've, over there. They've got their own blondes to themselves. Yeah. and They're uh, covered yeah. in a tarp. <laughs> Constantly being misted with Lysol. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a uh, high hemp pineapple paradise, which is apparently the best kind of paradise. Um, it's a hospital hospitable paradise okay. <laughs> we were talking about how the pineapple is the uh, international symbol of hospitality earlier yeah. and that's definitely true first time i went over to colin's place i brought him a pineapple <laughs> it's true it's and true. Uh, he said uh plant this and a pineapple tree will grow it's true and i did plant it and a pineapple tree did not grow yeah, but it's not like, like i didn't know what i was doing or right i think you gotta like chop the top off in a certain way yeah so it's like combed Fire. down yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. No doubt. Uh, but it did not take whatever the case. 
So. Which is odd because you have such a green thumb, Colin. I do. I usually can grow stuff pretty well, but uh, not in this case. Yeah, we are currently growing our own uh, pot plants. Yeah, and uh, they that are they're cannabis. They're <laughs> shooting up like weeds. It's true. We have uh, half a dozen plants right now. The tallest of which is at about three and a half feet. Mm -hmm. uh, it's doing really well. So yeah, luscious. But yeah, inside of this, I have the Dropout Cannabis. It's mm. a sweet blazon cherry. That's mm. the strain. Uh, and it's got 23% THC. Okay. Yeah. I got my Twisted Hemp Wrap. Uh, it's the Blue Banana Berry flavor. <laughs> and uh, it's packed purely with that Orange Sativa, which is at 18%. The blue banana berry is nice because you get to say blue banana berry. Yes. It's like a nice little acting exercise. Blue, blue banana, banana berry. berry. Blue banana berry. Okay. What's your mystery about today? <laughs> let's like these let's, suckers. Let's throw on this yes. yes. If you're at home and you've got something to smoke, please smoke alongside us. Preferably yeah. cannabis. Because we if are you're smoking something. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you've only got tobacco, no judgment. <laughs> And uh, I will need somebody's lighter. Oh, this guy needs fire. Yeah. All right. So, Rob, what uh, did the beginning have anything to do with your mystery? Are we talking about Bigfoot Loch Ness Monster today? No, we are not. Those are mysteries we have already covered, and uh, I'm sure we'll get to them on Tristan's Hole. <laughs> sure. I'm sure they're hanging around on Tristan's Hole. They're always... We got a little out. bit of... Uh, Craziness on your eyebrow. Yeah, one of those floaters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little of the, like, ash wispies yeah. that come off of a blunt. It caught on my eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I needed a little more color in yeah, my brows, yeah, yeah. that's all. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Today I will be discussing the Alcatraz Prison Escape. Oh, oh I'm pretty familiar oh, with yes, this. Yes, Same. I'm a NorCal native as our yes. youth. So. <laughs> We've all taken the field trip, right? Has everybody been to Alcatraz I have Island? not actually you been. You haven't? No. Oh. So, I mean, I've seen it, uh, but I've just not been on I it. I thought it was just like part of fourth grade if you lived in North California that like you take the... Did you really go fourth grade? Fourth or fifth or something, but that, like we did the tour, we like heard about all the stuff. That is hundred percent the same age that I went. I went with my my dad actually brought me and my brother and my brother's friend Ryan out here, and he like uh, we went to San Francisco, and I remember the first thing I think it was like Pride, and like everybody was like half naked running around the streets. Nice, we went wait. to the Castro, yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my dad was like, "Oh, uh, let's go." Fisherman's Wharf. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we definitely went to Alcatraz, and it was like right after The Rock had come out. Oh. Yeah. Clearly, Nicolas Cage's finest movie. Uh, it's opinion. definitely up there. It's definitely, I think it's Michael Bay's finest movie. I'll put it that way. Fair enough. But yeah, I went <laughs> right after. Yes. Right after that came out, I went to Alcatraz, and I was like, I was there, man. <laughs> I saw it in person. It was cool. Well, the year was 1962. <laughs> okay. And what was happening? What oh, okay. music was well, dropping? <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan released his first record titled Bob Dylan. Really? Yeah. His first? First record in 1962. The most notable track on that record was House of the Rising Sun. Okay. For those that don't know. It's like I'm there. Also during that time. <laughs> oh, more, more context. Yeah, yeah. Frank Morris and brothers John and Clarence Anglin were serving a prison sentence at Alcatraz for bank robbery. 
hey, let's look at those guys. Boom. Okay. Uh, Do we know anything about their lives beforehand? Were they like tradesmen or were they spies? <laughs> well, they were bank robbers. Oh, okay. You don't yeah. just, you're not born a bank robber. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what led up to like... Oh, well, the they, were, they were definitely destitute. Uh, okay. They didn't okay. have much money. Um, so they went for the easy way to get cash, go to a bank and ask for all their money. Well, you know, so, also at that time, there's not like cameras and stuff. Like you're pretty much, yeah, give me the money. They're like, all right, there yeah. you go. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they didn't have bulletproof glass or anything yeah. at that time. It now, was just... Do we know if they like robbed a bunch of banks and got caught on the seventh one? Or was it like, let's rob a bank? <laughs> first night out, they were in the pokey. Well, I think they were pretty much career criminals because all of these people had served time prior. at... Yeah, they'd served time together prior at... Um, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So, See, and I imagine that jail was what brought them together. They didn't know each other. They were random criminals doing their own thing. Jail brought them together and made the criminal mastermind group that is these guys. Jail, turning criminals into criminal organizations <laughs> since 1962. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for those that don't know, Alcatraz is a federal prison on yep. a small island off the coast of San Francisco. There's sharks, y'all. That's uh, why you can't get off. You get eaten by the sharks. Like. It's right in the middle of the bay, too. So, like, yeah. it's got land on, what, three sides, but it's still really far away. And it's cold, and there's, like, heavy currents. Yeah, it but is. There are people who like swim it for fun, right? Yes, there's, there's people who do that for funsies. So, like, if people are doing it for funsies, <laughs> why I, do you do this today, ma'am? For funsies. <laughs> I don't have to escape prison or nothing. Yeah. It is called the Rock due to its rocky shores as well as its impenetrability. Since it first began its operation in 1934 there had been 14 escape attempts by 36 prisoners. 23 were caught alive, six were shot and killed, two drowned, and five are listed as missing and presumed drowned, three of which are the aforementioned Frank, John, and Clarence. The other two being Theodore Cole and Ralph Rowe, bank robbers that escaped in 1937 only to attempt to swim in the December cold with a dense fog and ebb tides measured between seven and nine knots, making it extremely unlikely that they would have made it to shore or picked up by a boat. So basically, these two original guys escaped when it was so non-visible and the water was churning so much that they're like, well, those guys are dead, but we didn't see them drown. We didn't see them. We haven't seen the bodies, but likely the tide pushed them further out. They couldn't have swam that against that tide and a boat picking them up would have been very hard due to its dense fog. But now our trio, they have an advantage. Yes, they did. (laughs) Has there been anybody who has like proven to escape and survive? I'm well, sure. Go ahead. Yes. (laughs) Like proof that they would survive, not like, well, there's no proof that they died. Well, in December, 1962, one man, John Paul Scott, a bank robber out of Lexington, Kentucky. Ah, uh, what? Yes. <laughs> did manage to escape and swim the 1.5 miles to the San Francisco shore, only to be found Snap. collapsed on the beach, suffering from hypothermic shock. 
Whoops. But he, would, he made it. He made it, and he would go on to survive his injuries. Oh. Nice. Survive his injuries. But, like, did he lose, like, fingers from mm. the cold or something? I don't know about that, but I don't <laughs> think he did. I think the more important takeaway is he proved that it could be yeah, done. right. Even if it is hypothermic when yeah. you get off the beach. <laughs> Would it matter, does the bay warm up? Like when it's 110 degrees, does the bay warm up? Or is it always like really icy? I mean, you got that strong uh, bay area breeze coming in. Uh, I mean, we are, I know I grew up in Rio Vista, which is like an hour east of San Francisco. And we got a lot of high winds. It is... High wind central, yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the delta right there. But um, that's not the prison break I was discussing. (laughs) Uh, Earlier that year, June 11th, Frank, John, and Clarence, along with a fourth inmate, a car thief named Alan West, made a break for it. Their escape. The four inmates were assigned adjacent cells, all of whom had known each other having served together in Atlanta under the leadership of Frank Morris. The the four men began a six-month process of widening the ventilation ducts beneath their sinks using discarded saw blades found on the prison grounds, metal spoons smuggled from the mess hall, and an electrical drill improvised from a motor of a vacuum cleaner. Man, and like, I feel like we all have a clear understanding of how criminals be smuggling stuff in prison. So like a saw blade, uh, some drill motors, like that sounds pretty painful. On the uh, <laughs> so, I also think this has to speak to a little bit of negligence as well. Yeah. Like today, the way prison, High quality bungling. Yeah, high quality bungling. The, the bungler, he's here. <laughs> um, there's definitely like no room for a missing vacuum cleaner in today's prisons or any missing type of blades. I know like in their workshops for like, if you're on work service, they take very extreme care in noting where every single screwdriver, every single, you know, anything that can cut anyone or poke someone, they, they mark it down and keep track of it. Yeah. And they, they probably search the butt now. I mean, I watch... <laughs> what do you do at the prison? I search the butt, yeah. Uh, I've been doing it for 25 years, you know. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. I see all the hidden nooks and crannies. Nothing gets by me. But I watched that show 90 Days In or whatever, and people still smuggle stuff. People yeah, have people on the inside who are like in on it so absolutely i just think uh, the things that we see in prisons now are like a battery with a you know a paper clip attached to it so they can light their cigarette or whatever i don't see too many improvised drills being made out of vacuum clean motors no i mean definitely tattoo guns (laughs) that's true yeah yeah well they concealed their progress with painted cardboard and concealed their noise with Morris's accordion playing during music hour. Mm. Oh. So for one hour a day, they worked on this. Well, they definitely used, like, the drill, you know. During that time. Do you mean they painted cardboard things to hide the fact that they were out of their beds or whatever? No, like, to cover up this hole. The the giant hole they painted a piece of cardboard. Green wall or whatever, but really it's it's got a hole back there. Got you. Yep. They thought a poster wouldn't look right down there. <laughs> yeah, sure. 
Once the holes were wide enough to pass through, the escapees nightly accessed the utility corridor left unguarded directly behind their cells and climbed to the vacant top level of the cell block where they set up a workshop. With over 50 raincoats and other stolen or donated materials, they constructed life preservers based on a design one of them chanced to find in a popular mechanics magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Along with a 6 by 14 foot rubber raft. The seams were carefully stitched by hand and sealed by heat from steam pipes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Impressive. Yeah, right? Ingenuity, you know. Yep. Uh, having manufactured the raft, they inflated it with Morris's accordion and <laughs> furnished paddles from scrap wood and pilfered screws. Finally, they climbed up a ventilation shaft to the roof and, finding a fan grill in the way, removed the rivets by holding the fan in place. So I guess they held the blades of this fan and it was still, the motor was still running and it was just buckling constantly and that was enough to loosen and eventually break these rivets okay i see i mean wow i'm just yeah. picturing like the initial grabbing of these spinning blades. i mean they might have used <laughs> yeah. a, like an actual tool but i'm saying they eventually just managed to stop the fan in place and it was just constantly pounding on itself okay yeah wow yeah okay right yeah these guys are pretty uh Good thing they read uh, mechanic books. <laughs> yes. General mechanics, that that right? popular mechanics that showed up at yeah. that prison. <laughs> Wowie. <Yeah. laughs> also, like, why is there a totally vacant space where they can have a workshop that nobody goes to? It's like on the roof of something? Or? It's like right... Um, I mean, I guess the corridor behind their cells was not guarded. Nobody was walking up and down this rando yeah, corridor. It must be like a lost part of the prison. like a, Or just a place that, like, why would you patrol that? You patrol yeah. up and down, you know, yeah. the cells. <laughs> but, uh, and then they climbed up a, you know, a duct or something to a space that definitely nobody is observing. And it was, like, so far away from where people were patrolling. They were able to, like, do shit. Yeah. Yeah, and not get caught. <laughs> Crazy. Yep, 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 yep. It's that accordion playing, you know? The dude was just singing to his accordion. And people were like, ah, nothing to worry about. <laughs> but now this is the guy. The guy with the accordion is just an accomplice, right? He doesn't get to leave with him. The fourth guy is not part of our trio. Well, no, 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 no. This Morris was the accordion player, and he was also the ringleader of this gang. Oh, so while he's in the workshop, they're doing that? Yeah, so okay. he, like, you know, uh, for their... Um, ventilation ducts or whatever they, he was playing accordion and for his he would have to do it at a different time with different tools or whatever the case <laughs> we're going to use the drill pick it up a notch <laughs> oh, <Salamio! laughs> um, on the day of their escape they constructed paper mache heads from a mixture of soap toothpaste concrete dust and toilet paper and giving them a realistic appearance with paint from the maintenance shop and hair from the barbershop floor. I mean, you gotta love the craftsmanship. You yeah. Know? Like um, the effort and the like artwork that went into You know, <laughs> paper mache is not the easiest. No. And, and honestly, it's a solid, you know, it's a solid likeness. It's, I mean, all three heads are, or even four heads, I guess, all very much looking like on point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
they took the time. They went to art class. You know, they didn't take for granted their art school teaching. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with towels and clothing piled under the blankets in their bunks, positioning the dummy heads on the pillows, giving a Ferris Bueller appearance to the be sleeping. <laughs> a Ferris Bueller appearance. <laughs> That's where they got the idea. Yeah, yeah, the tape recorder with the snoring <laughs> yeah, was yeah, playing. Yeah. <laughs> They had a 1987 computer. Yeah, yeah, strings, <laughs> yeah, pulleys and stuff, yeah. So on the night of their escape, cement used to shore up crumbling around Alan West's ventilation shaft had hardened. By the time he managed to break through the ventilation shaft and climbed to the roof, he had found the other three men had already left. Oh, and yeah, so a narrow window when you're right? doing a prison break. He decided to climb back down to his cell and go back to sleep. Nice. Uh, sing, yeah. sing sad show tunes to himself. Yeah. <laughs> in the dark. Henry. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> alone in the moonlight. Uh, 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 cellophane, Mr. <laughs> cellophane, Mr. Cellophane. That was kind of fun. Though. Yeah. Well, how did he get found out then? If he like crawled back into bed. Well, there like... there was a hole. In yeah, the there's back a the cell. Officer, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how yeah. that happened. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, there was this replica of my head here. I yeah, don't know right. what happened. Hey, what's the deal with this hole here? I don't know what you're talking about. Whoa. Well, that was here when I moved in. I hey, don't Johnny, know. switch me cells for a minute. <laughs> I don't know. Why should I? <laughs> well, West would go on to cooperate fully with investigators without additional penalty for his role in the prison break. The three men escaped, hauling their gear with them. They descended 50 feet to the ground by sliding down a kitchen vent pipe. Wow. Then climbed two 12-foot barbed wire perimeter fences at the northeast shoreline near a power plant, a blind spot in the prison's network of searchlights and gun towers. <laughs> I feel like if they were born in a different time era, like they would have killed out like an American Ninja Warrior or something. <laughs> yeah, seriously. They could have won a million dollars on a TV show. <laughs> they would have been too thirsty for robbing banks. <laughs> uh, they inflated their raft, and at some time after 10 p.m., they boarded the raft and departed toward Angel Island, Two miles to the north. Isn't now, there a base on Angel Island? Like, I guess it's a just a military base or something. Uh, I, I mean, no, I don't know. I, yeah, I think this is just a, a, a small. <laughs> it sounds rock. like a joke, but I guess it's the real. No, there is a little yeah, yeah. treasure island there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like a military base. Uh, no, I think Angel Island is just essentially a small, you know, a surfacing of like a rocky shore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that's not the shortest route to land, though, is it? No, you would want to go just a, a straight shot. A straight shot is one point five miles. That's too. You know, they're trying to like not have people find where they went, so they got to go in a different direction than the obvious thing. Obviously, you want to go the shortest route, but if you go to the next shortest route, maybe yeah, it's not as obvious. And maybe if you can get to that Angel Island, it's only like a point five mile or something like that. You you can swim for it at that point. I'm seeing that there is a place called Fort McDowell on Angel Island. Oh, okay. And also Reynolds Hospital. So there's some stuff yeah, there. This is a big island. Yeah, yeah. stuff going on. You know? Sure. Big Angel. enough for a hospital. It's popping off yeah. at Angel Island. <laughs> <laughs> Party's lit on Angel Island. Where are you going? Angel Island, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid bitch. 
Where do you think I'm going? It's San Francisco. Wow, calm down. <laughs> it's like you don't, you're talking to me like you don't even know me. <laughs> so an exhaustive search was conducted by multiple military and law enforcement branches over air, sea, and land. Over the weeks, the only items found were a paddle floating in about 200 yards off the southern shore of Angel Island. In the same area, a wallet wrapped in plastic, complete with names, addresses, and photos of the Anglins' friends and relatives. Of the Anglins' friends and relatives? Yeah, the brothers Anglin. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's one of their wallets, presumably. Yeah. One of the brothers' wallets. Yeah. Got it. Um, Which could, you know, you could easily make it to shore and be like, I don't need this ore anymore, and where's my wallet? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, you could easily lose a wallet at sea, but you could also plant names and shit <laughs> in a wallet. Also, they're yeah. allowed to have wallets? Like, why do you need a wallet in prison? <laughs> I was going to say, what, like, did they nab it from the evidence room before they got in the boat, or do they just let no, I think their you, wallets like, Yeah, then? you got, like, a commissary you can buy stuff with. Yeah, and, but don't you just have, like, a... A wristband or something? Or this like is 1962. You just got to have, you know, money. They just, people visit, give you money for your commissary, you buy shit. I guess, yeah, that's when you can still get a cake with a saw in it or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a file to get out of the box. Now I'm just sure. picturing, like, one of their girlfriends keeps coming back with, like, bigger cakes. And, like, the third cake is the vacuum motor. And right. it's, it's running inside the cake. <laughs> So, it looks delicious, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shreds of a raincoat uh, believed to be remnants of the raft were found on a beach not far from the Golden Great Bridge, as well as a deflated life jacket made from the same material 50 yards off Alcatraz Island. Now, is the Golden Great Bridge similar to the Golden Gate Bridge? Bam! I'm just demonstrating. <laughs> I'm just demonstrating that I'm listening. That's all. In the meanest way possible. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my friend. Other you than know that, I love you. <laughs> other than that, no other physical evidence of the men's fate was ever found. Less than one year later, the prison would be shut down. The FBI investigation closed in 1979, but the U.S. Marshals investigation remains open, Ooh. claiming that two out of three people that go missing off the coast of San Francisco Bay are recovered, and there is still warrants out for each man's arrest. I love that there's some old, grizzled U.S. <laughs> Marshal sitting alone in his house in Montana, <laughs> just looking at the... At the horizon, like, I'm going to get them one day, Claire. <laughs> Tell you two out of three survived. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, again, I heard it a million times already. Come on. What's the statute of limitation? Is that what it's called? Where, like, a certain amount of time has gone past and then it doesn't matter anymore? Like, does that apply to any of I them? mean, for all we know, they were serving life sentences. Okay. Uh, they could, like, still be, like, needing to go back to prison. This would be something getting served 58 years later, yeah, right? They something like that. 1962. Yeah. And they were like, what, in their the 30s at that time? Uh, in yeah, they'd be like in their, they'd be as like old as Bob Dylan, essentially. Maybe a little bit older. Has yeah. anyone on their deathbed been like, yeah, that was me. I escaped Alcatraz. <laughs> Claimed a new identity. 
I picked Bob Barker. <laughs> make my movie into make my life into a movie, and then yeah. dies. Yeah. Not that I know of. No, well, since their escape. Oh yeah. <laughs> since their escape, there have been many sightings of the men. A day oh, okay. after the escape, a man claiming to be John Anglin called a lawyer, Eugenia McGowan in San Francisco to arrange a meeting with the U.S. Marshal's office. When McGowan refused, the caller terminated the phone call. The FBI dismissed the call as a prank. Huh. And this is the day after. <laughs> One why, day. I mean, why would he call? <laughs> right? Uh, just in case, like, uh, maybe he was like, I don't want to be on the run. Mm. Or uh, maybe if I, you know, say where the other people are. Kind of trying to cut it. Yeah, deal. exactly. So he was calling a lawyer first. Oh, know. I see. Huh. But and, one lawyer's like, no, nah, I don't want your money. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good point there. <laughs> that is unusual lawyer behavior. That does not make a whole lot of sense to me. <laughs> also, yes, yeah, it seems, I guess he didn't pay. So, uh, yeah, they're not client patient or whatever privileged information oh i see but it sounds like you didn't even give them the opportunity they're like yeah i mean i think you have to pay the person to be i don't know i'm pretty sure he's breaking the law and you have to notify there are people or they just knew you have like look you just escaped prison you don't have money get out of here <laughs> <laughs> you don't have friends you. family yeah, right? a treasure trove <laughs> i mean they did rob banks they might have a Good uh, amount of stash. Right? Yeah. Do th- Although we don't know how many banks they successfully run. Or how many paces past the tree in Guadalajara the, the <laughs> money's buried at. That would be interesting to kind of like, if you could figure that out, how much grand total they've that group has stolen together to just kind of like have an idea of maybe how much of a haul there could be some. Somewhere. Oh, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. It must not have been much because they don't ever talk about it. Right. You know, it's not well, like we could these... start a new treasure hunting show, Colin, where we look for the <laughs> lost treasures of these three guys. Well, here's the thing: if they made it off the island safely, they dug up that stuff all yeah. that time ago. So Touché. we're Touché. out of luck. <laughs> In January 1965, the FBI investigated a rumor that Clarence Anglin was living in Brazil. It was considered so significant that agents were dispatched to South America to find him. Wow. A male tipster called the Bureau in 1967, claiming to have been at school with Morris and having known him from, for 30 years. He, had, he said he had bumped into him in Maryland and described him as having a small beard and mustache, but refused to give further details. I kind of wonder, when I hear that the FBI went to Brazil to look for him, I kind of wonder if some agent was like, it's a strong tip, boss. You're going to have to send me that for at least two months. (laughs) There's only a five-star resort there. I got to stay somewhere. Just just to be safe, I'd send my girlfriend with me, you know, uh, (laughs) just to really conceal my identity as a tourist, you know. I better take my kids, too, you know. (laughs) This could be a long investigation. (laughs) You know what? Better just set up a lease for me down there. (laughs) Uh, Family members of the Anglin brothers occasionally received many unsigned postcards and messages over the years. Mm. Once a card came signed Jerry and another Jerry and Joe. The family also produced a Christmas card received in 1962 saying, To Mother, 
from John, Merry Christmas. Another of the Anglin's 11 siblings, Robert, also said that sometimes the phone would ring and all that could be heard was breathing on the other end. Nice. <laughs> Classic. Classic. If somebody goes missing, you call, you don't say anything. Breathe, Breathe heavy. heavy. <laughs> you just hang up the phone. You didn't say anything, Clarence. They know. They know. I really wanted to hear my mom saying, Clarence, is that you? <laughs> Clarence, please. <laughs> it's going to set me up. The mother of the England brothers received flowers anonymously every Mother's Day until her death in 1973. Well, you know what? All the bank robbers and stuff, they were good kids. <laughs> Definitely they, loved they, their mothers. Yeah, right? they took care of Mother's Day. You know? <laughs> no matter what they did, they remembered. <laughs> uh, apparently, two very tall, unusual women in heavy makeup were reported uh, to have attended her funeral before disappearing. I love it. I love it. They come in Hogan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they drop to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta disappear. Yeah, they do a quick little speech and the death drop again. <laughs> Jump split. <laughs> They're lip syncing with the priest. Uh, they do a reveal. There's a second wig on underneath. Tearaway dresses to reveal another ball gown. I love it. Uh, federal officials say that in the mid to late 1960s and into the 1970s, there were six or seven sightings reported of the Anglin brothers, all in North Florida or Georgia. They made it out. Yeah. They must have. <laughs> Robert also said that in 1989, when the father of the Anglin brothers died, two strangers in beards showed up at the funeral home. According to Robert... They're like, no one bought us as women. We can't do that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't pass as women. We're just we not that fishy. We tried. Or maybe they were just so fierce they couldn't keep the attention off themselves. <laughs> they were like, we need to blend in this time. <laughs> you mean shave my beard? No, no, no. So uh, the father of the Anglin brothers died. Two strangers in beards showed up at the funeral home. And according to Robert, they stood in front of the casket, looking at the body a few minutes. They wept and then walked out. Hmm. Yeah. And nobody was like, oh, it's the bearded brothers Breslin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody tapped him on the shoulder and was when like, it, are you wanted? <laughs> we don't know what kind of life the dad lived. You know, they, they just, could have been like some estranged lovers or something. They just said, we're, we're Uncle Ned's kids. Uh, you know, Uncle Ned. <laughs> uh, in 1989, a woman who only identified herself as Kathy called Unsolved Mysteries tip line to report that she recognized a photo of Clarence Anglin as a man who lived on a farm near... Mariana, Florida. The brothers also were linked to the area by a woman who recognized a photo of Clarence Anglin and said he lived near Mariana. She, she correctly identified his eye color, height, and other physical features. Hmm. I wonder what those were. <laughs> <laughs> he had the most supple backs. <laughs> He had a six-pack for days. <laughs> broad shoulders. Uh, another witness identified a sketch of Frank Morris 
saying it bore a striking resemblance to a man she had seen in the area. In the early 2000s, the U.S. Marshal's uh, office received a tip that one of the Anglin brothers was in Brazil. The U.S. Marshals went like, down no, to We're Brazil. checking that out already. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there. Trust me. No, that was the FBI. The U.S. Marshals don't have anybody down there yet. Oh, they heard about Dave? <laughs> yeah. like, have you heard that Dave yeah. for like 10 years? Dave keeps coming back to the States. He's like, dude, you got to get to Brazil. <laughs> Check out my tan, bro. His tan is darker and darker every yeah. year. <laughs> Just tell them you got a tip, man. Just tell them. <laughs> the England brothers or whatever. <laughs> the U.S. Marshals went down to Brazil and got confirmation from a local bartender that one of the brothers was there. Oh. The uh, Deputy U.S. Marshal Michael Dyke told NPR in 2009 that he still received leads on a regular basis. It's just weird because you're like, oh, they went here and they got confirmation, and then it's like, and yeah, they and then they left. Find, yeah, and they were good. There was they got confirmation, <laughs> they left. It's like you, you didn't like pursue that lead. You did, you know. Two just, people said they were here. You, you didn't even want to go check. They out. got there, and then it was like, oh, I gotta figure out my hotel, and that takes like <laughs> two days, and then. All of a sudden, I walked out, and it was carnival. Right. And, like, <laughs> and then 10 weeks had gone by, and my <laughs> boss was like, what did you find out? And I was like, uh, the bartender said they were there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm full-on picturing. I mean, yeah, it's probably, you know, it's not like a cheers for them. They don't go in every week to this bar. It was just like they happened to be in town, stopped off at this bar. You know, Brazil's a pretty big place, you know. They're <laughs> might, they might not live in the area. They were just like, yeah, they were there two weeks ago. I would laugh so hard if there was like a perfect uh, Brazilian version of Cheers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> There's a whole Sam and Diane thing going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Frazier. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all the information I have, though. That was the last reported so, sighting. One is in Brazil and the other two are in Mariana. Uh, there's Brazil and uh, yeah, Florida, northern Florida, and southern Georgia. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Huh. Yeah. They uh, certainly have been spotted a lot. It's been proven that it could be done without the aid of a raft. And it seems like, I think there was an episode, or I, it doesn't seem like I remember, <laughs> I think there was an episode of Mythbusters or something. Sounds where they, about right. They tested the theory and used the materials of mm. the time even, like got the same coats mm -hmm. yeah. and stuff. And this is, together and, yeah. yeah, this is mid-June uh, mid that this is happening, so it's a much warmer climate. Uh, you don't have like freezing December wind hitting yeah. you so, super hard. And I mean, the raft was found on the other side, so I feel like the raft did it. Yeah. We know all these details about the days where these guys are presumed dead, the two that we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Not Michael and John and Clarence. But when Michael, John, and Clarence left, do we know the conditions of the water? Was it calm and tranquil, or was it, like we talked about earlier, fog-covered and choppy? Uh... They might have talked about it at one point, but I got to assume it was just not as bad as December. Right. I was going to say, I don't know if there's ever a calm area of the bay, but yeah. actually, it's definitely always cold and choppy. And yeah. It, it obviously wasn't, like, so extreme that it needed mentioning or stood out to you, I assume. So, yeah, no. That's why I was like, uh, they're, it's presumed that they're dead, though. 
with no evidence, yeah. no body. And like they say that oftentimes a body will rise and be seen at some point by somebody. And they're just like, no, nah, never happened. Three men go missing. None of them are found. Nobody. And not, like Nobody. none of their clothes or anything. Nobody. Maybe there's like an Atlantean <laughs> city nearby and like they got picked up oh. by some peeps. Did you like, think oh. at all about Atlantic Atlantean peeps? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, you know, <laughs> I never thought that. You didn't look into that. The San Francisco Bay is one of the most unexplored places to go scuba diving mm-hmm. and so that it very well could be in atlantic city atlantic, right under atlantic. alcatraz <laughs> i said atlantic, atlantic. okay atlantean that's all yeah. the atlantean in the pacific ocean <laughs> <laughs> yes there that's is. the title of my new movie an atlantean in the pacific ocean <laughs> fish out of water story who's starring uh, if it's not one of us, John Legend. It's a musical. John Legend. Yeah, it's John a musical. Legend, yes, it's a musical. Oh man, I can't even imagine how it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I can't think of a song that John Legend would sing for that. Ooh, ocean. <laughs> That's all I got, man. The waves of your body, <laughs> they match the ocean. There you go. Yeah, this right, is Barry Michael Jackson. He's <laughs> channeling a Jackson right now. I need the ocean. <laughs> well, uh, I guess Bigfoot, you know, he's going back into the forest. and I thought he already was. In the no, forest. no, he was walking out. Oh. He was walking out to get a good radio signal for our podcast. I then, see. Yeah, he listened to it. He listened to it. Back. Now We're basically telling Bigfoot to go back into the woods <laughs> Come back on another Monday at right. around two thirty. <laughs> I mean, big feet, feet, big feet. Is that yeah. the plural? Big footuses. Yeah. I think it's actually Sasquatchai. Sasquatch. Well, we Sasquatchai. all know that Sasquatchai love there to walk on ridges. So, yeah. and I feel like that's a great place to get reception. Yeah, so. yeah uh, Loch Ness monster um, sinking, sinking down to the bottom of. Yeah. The lake. On purpose. On purpose. Yeah, no, no. It's not like it was harpooned and (laughs) diving. Um, This is, now that we're talking about nasty, I have to mention, did you guys see the new picture of the Loch Ness Monster that happened just this last week? I did not. It Uh, hasn't been able to be disproven yet. Check it out. Google it, folks. I lost my mind a little bit that there was new disputable, like, pictures. I mean, it could just be a tarp. It could be. It could be a fish. You know? <laughs> yeah, Tristan almost saw a penangling. Right? <laughs> I was say? driving down and I was like, what is this thing flying at me? Is that a, ter- a pterodactyl? Is it a UFO? A penangling? It was a tarp. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing about tarps. They'll get you. <laughs> uh, and we are finishing this podcast. <laughs> That's the outro, guys. <laughs> uh, for High Mystery, I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. New episodes every Monday. Want more High Mystery? Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash high mystery for exclusive episodes every Friday. Merchandise can be found at our website at highmystery.com. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at High Mystery for fan art, news, and upcoming events. Thanks for listening.